0: Everyone has an interesting story to tell, and I want to share them with the world. I am your host, Mr. Minigolf, and this is my show, Par for the
1: Course.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Par for the Course. Last week, we heard from Empress talk about her career as a professional ballerina and her current journey as a musician. This week, we are diving into the story of Brent Basham, a leader in the podcasting space and a co-founder of Pod It. Listen in as we explore his story. The sponsors of this episode are Night Sports USA, the creators of the fantastic Night Sports seven-color spectrum light-activated golf ball, which changes the night game of golf and mini-golf alike, and Swingtime Germantown my favorite mini golf course in all of wisconsin experience it for yourself and be amazed now on to the show hi everybody welcome back to par for the course with mr mini golf today i have a very special guest in the podcasting world uh please welcome uh brent Basham. hi brent thanks for being on the show today yeah yeah absolutely um for all of you listening in today um Brent and his team are um, creating this really cool platform in regards to podcasting. And I really feel like this uh, platform is going to really take over uh, the or change the world of podcasting as we see it now. Um, but I really wanted uh, Brent to be on the show today to kind of share his story um, to getting up to this point and then also talking about uh, Potted as well, because um, if you are listening in, clearly you like podcasts and it's a great place to not only uh, have a podcast if, you're, if, you're, if you've created one, but also if you wanted to be a guest on a show as well. It's a great uh, opportunity to network with other podcasters and other shows. So uh, Brent, I'd like you to take it away, to share your story with us. Awesome, man!
1: Thank you again, Carl, for having me, man. This is so cool that you, uh, like, we just talked a little while ago, and you had said, "Hey, I might do a podcast," and now here I am on your show. So this is really, really exciting for me. So, congrats, man! Um, Yeah. So basically, uh, like anybody, um, while ago, my buddy and I were just having conversations at work. We're both dads, and I guess that's kind of where the story starts. um, Because what happened is that led to a podcast. We. We're having these conversations at work. We're both dads of young kids, and we were realizing that we're in this unique place in history that won't ever happen again. We were the very last generation of digital immigrants. Um, I grew up with, you know, no AOL and then AOL. And we had, I've had a pager um, for those of you listening, that's a device that has numbers on it. You may not even, depending on your age, you may not even know what that is. Um, A pager or a beeper. Um, Yeah. So that was the technology we had at the time. I was alive when cell phones came out. So, but we transitioned that gap and we sort of uh, all of a sudden the world was completely connected uh, in my lifetime and that's really bizarre and what we realize is that this is the last point we're the last generation where we sort of came from being out on our bikes to where everybody's always connected even in their pocket on their wrist maybe in their glasses soon it's just the world has changed Well, that has absolutely has an impact on us as parents, right? We're raising digital natives and the very first generation of digital natives. And this will never happen again. We came from a world without always on and they're coming from a world where they only know always on. Uh, And that I think has brought a lot of good and a lot of challenges with it. So we were having these conversations at work, he and I, and we're both really into tech. It's our career path. And then we were also raising the kids and we're into like pop culture. And so we're having all these interesting conversations about raising kids in a digital world. I'm like, you know, we should probably do a podcast about this because here we are just talking. Why don't we just flip on a mic and capture the audio and who knows if anybody will listen? Well, they didn't, as you might expect when you first start a show, Uh, we did it. We had a lot of fun. Uh, one of the things you find out when you first start a podcast is you're terrible at it and you hate your voice. Um, and now it's even worse probably because everybody's doing video. So you have to see your, hear your voice and see yourself on video and first go, which is tough. Uh, but we did that and we kind of got over that. And what's interesting after a few episodes – We realized we didn't have maybe, I don't know, 10, 12 downloads. Um, Who knows how many times my wife downloaded our show, but but, uh, that was probably the bulk of it. And uh, we had a few downloads. And then we were like, well, you know, Star Wars, the new Star Wars came out and we're nerds. So let's just do an episode about Star Wars, right? Because why not? And nobody's listening. So we did. But the interesting thing that came from that is we, and this is what I love about podcasting. We just it's our show. We could do whatever we wanted. And so we were like, well, let's just record the kids and flip on the microphone and let's just hear the kids. And so we did and get there because I had an experience with Star Wars. They had a new experience with Star Wars. We wanted to juxtapose those and just kind of dive into that a little bit and have fun. So we flipped on the mic and, you know, with the kids, magic kind of happened for us. And and maybe that's just in my own mind because they're my own children. But the clips we pulled were so great and we interstitched them inside the show. And what that, my, my one daughter, she just off the cuff did a thing where she did boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, and digital dads and did a chicken noise at the end. And that became our sort of like outro, almost like sit, ubu, sit. And, you know, looking back in the moment, it was just, we were just trying some things, but what happened was in, in, for me at least in my memory, we captured lightning in a bottle and we started having the kids at the beginning of the show. I would say, we started tackling some challenging things. I would say, hey, do you think dad's been on his phone too much? Or do I, you know, do I ignore you because of my phone? And we would have a safe space where they could tell me. we would cold open with some of those clips. And then my co-host and I would dig into it. And we talk about a topic and a lot of times we bring on an expert, um, which was amazing because we get to have access to people we would have never got access to. exactly, yeah. Because we had a show and it was crazy and it was so cool. We were, were, you know, we were just guys with jobs doing this thing and and we loved it. Well, I think around, uh, so it was episode 11. I came home from, or my son got off the bus and he came up and I was playing basketball outside and he came up and he was shooting basketball and he said, hey dad, and he's 10 years old. He said, hey, Dad, um, I want to watch Dumb and Dumber, but I overheard you and Mom talking, and you said we're going to have to have the talk before I can watch Dumb and Dumber. What's the talk? (laughs) So I said, hmm, this is awkward. Hold on. I went and grabbed my microphone. I had a little portable microphone. Went and grabbed my little Zoom H5, I think. Or no, not even H5. It's like the small. It's the cheap one. Anyway, grabbed that, brought it out, had him repeat it. We had a conversation for a minute, and I said I, in my mind, "I said I don't know where this is going to go, but this just seems like too big an opportunity not to capture on audio."
0: Absolutely, so
1: I did that, captured that. Then I went and told my wife about him asking about it, and captured that. Then I went and talked to my dad about him giving me the talk. Went literally went and saw my dad, captured that. That was crazy. Um, then I captured the actual conversation with my wife and my son and my wife talking about how she needed wine and it was her little boy. And this and so, and then we took all that audio and I described the experience to my co-host as we stitched in, we literally scripted out the little time, but this was, oh my gosh, this episode took us weeks. And, um, it was more like a radio, uh, radio lab or some kind of NPR type of thing, right? Where you stitched in little clips of right. things yep. and I tell, ex- Describe to him the experience because he only has a daughter and she was a considerably younger than my son at the time. And so that episode I think is what got us into on Apple's iTunes homepage. They had a parenting little section. Mm -hmm. And at the time there was probably, it was just coming out and it was in 2014. And so there was about seven shows, eight shows in there and they put us in there. Right. What we're yeah, exactly. just all of a sudden, right? Episode eleven, here we are with twelve, fifteen downloads, and all of a sudden we're in there. Needless to say, it spiked. Not like you would think, but definitely all of a sudden overnight, we were in the hundreds of downloads. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is once you start to get an audience, you start to if you're producing something quality, and we started to take it really seriously. We like we started to realize people were giving us their attention they were giving us their time and we wanted to make sure we were producing something of quality and that's when we started getting into getting guests on the show and right but what's interesting is that we started going down that road and the audience started to grow from there um, considerably and I think maybe that's partially because we had a good show but we we had a little bit of an an advantage because we got that little nudge Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day if we got nudged and nobody wanted to listen it wouldn't matter Right. So you fast forward, we did that for about two and a half years. We did some really cool things on there. We brought uh, listeners, just regular dads on the show for roundtable episodes. Um, we did like a whole, yeah, we did a whole ebook. We did, we just, it was just, it was our baby and we loved it. Um, but part of the challenge there. Now also I should mention my co-host was also became my founder in the new project. And he actually had, we had an other, another co-worker who they ended up doing a different, podcast called the debug log and he worked with eduardo castillo fernandez together on that podcast and so my co-host had experience on both these podcasts sure yeah so going forward you know we, we did this for a while we had some great guests we had some great episodes i loved it i've got some great memories mm-hmm. from it that i can go back and listen to my kids um but we got to a point where it was a lot you know i was raising three kids I have a, my wife, but I was raising three kids and trying to talk about being a great dad. And it was a time sink, as you well know. It takes a lot of time and effort. Yep. And we were starting to do a newsletter, all these crazy things. And so it just started to consume a lot of time. And the payoff wasn't there. It was hard to monetize a particular show like that, especially straight up through sponsorship. So the trade-off started to not be worth it in a way. Now, I hate to say that because the value it had for myself and for other people listening. I mean, Carl, we had some dads would email us more than once how they were in, uh, I think twice, how they were in the delivery room, the delivery room of the hospital listening to our show and how we impacted them and made them feel confident to go forward and be a dad. And they were scared to death. Vulnerable like you can't imagine. And it was so powerful. Um, It was just, and there's something intimate about that audio version, uh, that medium, uh, that connects with people and resonated with people. And so I don't want to minimize the impact it had, but it was just taking a toll in terms of spending quality time with my own children. And so we took a break, which turned into the term they call pod fading, which is where you take a break and then you don't go back. (laughs) Um, You intend to go back, but it's kind of like, you know, and now I've gotten to the point where I think Everything has its season. And I think some people get into podcasting and there's no real end to podcasting per se, unless you do seasons or that kind of thing. Um, But there's no shame in having a show run its course. And then you may want to start something different or something new and move on. Right. And that's just one part of the experience. Now at the time I was doing the show for the sake of doing the show. I had no idea that we would then later realize part of the challenge with doing the show the time in getting, uh, discovering, connecting, and coordinating interviews, which right. had become a big part of our show. So that was what kind of helped us
0: birth pot it. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys definitely have some similarities with what I've done with, with everything that I've done with mini golf. You know, you just get started and, and you don't realize, you know, that it's going to take off until it does. And you realize that you still love it. I'm sure that if, if you, you know, if you just happen to have an extra hour in the day, you'd probably want to do like a, a, another episode and, and just kind of sure. like upca- uh, update on everything that's happened in the last couple of years for you and all of that. But at the same time, you just, you, d- you don't have enough time to do all of the projects that you want. And I think, no. I think when people realize, um, you know, if they're spending, hours upon hours of their day doing something that they're they're not passionate about that they don't love they're not interested in they're 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 throwing their life away i mean you you can you can work on stuff for 40 years i know plenty of people that have been at a company 40 plus years right and you ask them you know are you happy at work and they're like no so you just were unhappy for 40 years like right and, and then you ask them well what makes you happy and they might say like. Oh, I really love baseball or, you know, I love video games or love reading or, or theater or, or just going to the, watching movies, things like that. And you, you don't see them doing anything with that other than, Oh, maybe I'll watch a movie on the weekend. It's like, it's, it's, there's such an unbalanced, um, way people live. And it's like, yeah, I know you have to make a salary. You got family to, that depends on you. But at the same time, you can get creative and innovative, and mm-hmm. use those things that you're passionate about, and work towards you know creating a living and creating something from that that you know can change your life around. I mean, you you love doing um, digital dads, but you you were realizing, oh, this isn't something that's sustainable time wise and, yeah. and monetary, um, you know, money wise for you. Um, but it did lead to another project that, you know, is tied into that, that obviously you, you've made that into a business. So mm-hmm. is that is that is Potted it now um, something that you do full time? Is this like you're all in on that? Or is there still it's still like, or is it more like side hustle at this point? But is yeah. it something that you want <laughs> to push towards to being full time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it is side hustle. Um, Andrew and I, my co-host, we, uh, we realized, hey, this problem still hasn't been solved for people a little while back. And so we set out to try to figure out how to solve it. And we pulled in a couple other people. We have four co-founders. We've since recently expanded our team to seven people and everybody's doing it around their work and remotely now with the, with the virus and right. everything right. happening. So we have uh, two people on the team that we've never met them in person yet. Um, even though they're geographically close enough. It's just we haven't done that yet. Sure, sure. Um, but we expanded the team because we, we started on this road. We didn't know what it was going to be. We built something. We got a version out in September, launched it. And again, as we talked about, the network is only valuable once there starts to be some people in it. So the beginning is really tough grind uh, at the beginning. Um, but that said, it started to get a lot of trajectory and we've had over 700 at confirmed interviews that have well that have matched up we don't quite yet know if they've we're we're working toward building the tool out but we know that the interviews have been matched up from our show over 700 of them since September which has grown considerably it's just an uphill climb you know and the more people that get in there the better matches people can make etc so yeah we what we've done is I think we've proven out the fact that people really want this, that the demand is absolutely there, even though at the beginning it was just speculation on our part. Mm -hmm. And we've realized, yeah, people want this. In fact, they want it to be even better. And we've got all these crazy ideas and what we're building right now. And so we'd love to get to the point where we can um, take this and either get funding, although getting funding means giving up a little bit of control. So we're a little reluctant about that right now until we realize that you know maybe there's no other path or it needs to to be able to accelerate it enough to deliver on the promise but if we can do it without it we're going to definitely do it without it even if it's a little bit slower because uh, we just want to make sure we can fulfill the vision we want to have and we no one can tell us what it needs to be we can decide what it needs to be or what the exit strategy is or any of that stuff right because we started it to help podcasters like us connect with each other and there's so much more to it now but you know even people like you being able to find guests on there and you and I wouldn't have met had it not been for that being in existence you know so there's so many relationships that have happened and so many voices so many people's voices being out in the world as a result of it it's already proven to me the power of what it can be and so now it's up to us to really work hard and try to make it what it can be and deliver on that
0: promise for people um, and really take it into another level yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely a big thing. Like you said, you know, keeping that control of the business uh, you know, you guys have the initial vision of, you know, this was the challenges that we faced doing digital dads <laughs> and, and trying to develop that and grow that show further. Someone that's, you know, investing and, and puts the money towards, they're not going to have that vision because they weren't there. They weren't <laughs> part of it. And yeah, I mean, uh, one of my favorite shows to watch is shark tank. Right. And yep. I mean, a lot of the times on that show, you know, it's always the talk about how much equity to give up and yep. people, you know, it, there's only so many people that get on the show each season. And I mean, it, and thousands upon thousands of applicants for that show. And it's like, someone gets a deal and then they turn it down. And I'm sure like, there's tons of business people everywhere that are just like, what are you doing? You got a shark <laughs> with you. Right. But just because you have that shark doesn't mean, you know, they see the vision the same as you. That That's usually... The one, like, the, at least that I noticed, one big point on the show is, you know, the shark will ask a question like, "Where do you see this going?" And mm-hmm. the person will say, "This is where I see it going." And the shark says, "Well, that doesn't work for me. Right? Uh, I'm out. Right?" And it's right. like, "Well, you're the shark. You you have no, you you just have you know that um, hour of not necessarily all aired content, but you have this that hour interview with that person, basically." you can't get that whole story on you know why they made those decisions obviously they choose you know the content that's best for television and you know keeps it interesting because it's all interesting every time even if it's like a product that i don't even care about yeah i love it it's interesting hearing that story and be like well how'd you get to this and where'd you come from for that Mm -hmm. but same thing with with you guys on potty if you start giving up that control you're gonna realize that it might become something that's already been done like it just transitions over to like everything else that's out there. And if you, as long as you keep that control, you're going to be creating that platform that, you know, you know, your original vision. And I think that's super important. So I would say in my opinion, definitely don't give up that control, figure out how to stay uh, lean if you have to with, you Mm. know, investment on that. But, um, every time you guys come up with something and, and you're sharing, uh, you know, like, what do you guys think about this on, uh, Facebook and asking, you know, the people on the pod platform, you know, what's their thoughts on something. I'm seeing pretty good feedback from people and, and things that I didn't even think about because one, I'm an, I'm a new podcaster. So yeah, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of being a podcaster for, multiple years and and having hundreds of episodes and things like that. But at the same time, since I am completely new, it's like the what like I always hear people say you don't know what you don't know. So you know, I'm I'm have a different perspective than someone that's been doing that for so long. And it's the Mm -hmm. same with, you know, anything that you do. The people that have the most experience, they have like really focused like man I just wish I could have this one thing I don't care about anything else as long as this one thing could be fixed that's great and then someone uh, that's newer like me is just like well if they could do any of these things I'm I'm pleased with that so I really appreciate that you guys have been um, listening to people's feedback and you know are really trying to incorporate that in and working on things that's that's refreshing compared to so many other companies for so many other things it's like you know they 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 post a product or whatever and then people are giving feedback on facebook or social media or anything like that and they never they never do anything about it like someone says you know hey this didn't work for me instead of taking that and say okay how can we try something different with that they just ignore that and i think that's like the worst Um, possibility you can do with anything is if if someone's asking you a question you got to answer it even if it's not necessarily the most ideal answer Um, you just got to keep moving forward with customer service because that's the differentiator i think with business nowadays is just having that superior customer service like anybody Mm -hmm. can start a particular company in regards to anything really like i could sell um i could sell a mug you could sell a mug But if I have that superior customer service, even if we're at the same price, people are going to go with me for that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So,
1: well, yeah. And, and I would say with this, we really think of it and maybe part of our reluctance to bring on outside funding is we think of it as our network, even though I realize that everyone there is, is there and it's, we actually are building it, but you know, we've got that affiliate program and part of that is, yes, it's a growth strategy, but it's also, I was a podcaster, right? And and in fact, I'm going to be again here real soon. And so I know the pain of trying to do your show and paying for the hosting and all these kinds of things, right? And some guests are getting return on investment from your platform and you don't want to do the icky thing. Some people think to charge them or this or that, but at the same time, they are getting exposure from you. And so we thought, well, if we sit in the middle and we construct this thing in a certain way maybe we throw a few dollars back to the podcaster and it's appreciation, you know, maybe it doesn't turn into a lot, but even if it's a few bucks and it's your hosting every month, that's pretty powerful. And we're, that's on purpose, right? Because we do feel like we, everyone that's podcasters that are doing this with us, they're helping us grow this and that's not right. lost on us at all. Like it's so appreciative because we're all going to win together or we're not. And so right. what's great is, exactly. yeah. what's great is if people bring people to network. It, it helps us, but it helps them. Everybody, the network gets better for everybody if it grows. Right. And part of the reason why we wanted to make sure we had a really powerful free option for guests is that not everybody's going to get a return on investment. Not everybody wants to invest in that. Now we want to add features there that make it worthwhile for the people that it's right for. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of powerful stuff there, but if not, no big deal. You can still get traction. You can still go out there and grind it. You can still get on podcast shows. I saw an event the other day where they charge 500 bucks and these are higher level people and maybe there's some curation and some things like that theoretically, but they bring in uh, you know, you pay 500 bucks as a guest and you get on three podcast shows. You can come on our platform for free and would then uh, probably I would say at least a few months, you're going to at least get that many or more if you are quality if you're a quality guest, if you have your expertise and you're good on the mic and all that stuff,
0: you know, I would say it's even less than a month. I say if you're active on there and you're, and you're just, you know, trying to network with people, I mean, you can have results within days of being on there. I mean, just from my personal experience, you know, I've never done podcasting before. I've never really been super comfortable on the mic or in front of a camera, but you know, I gave it a shot and you know, I reached out to people. I had, I was a guest on several shows. Within the first week, and it's just awesome. And it's just you know, it's doing having that platform is where that happens because Mm -hmm. you know, right before I found you guys, I was looking on the Facebook groups and everything like that to find other things, and it was just so hard to you know, is this person legitimate? Are they just trying to you know, get as much content as they can? Are they going to follow through? Because my first experience actually with podcasting, other than uh, doing a couple things before I even considered you know, really getting on shows. Um I was I was invited to be on shows and they and the host didn't show up. It wasn't the mm. I as the guest didn't show up. The yeah. host didn't show up. And that was like, is this what it's gonna be like for the for the rest of the time doing this? I don't know how many of these I'm gonna end up doing then. Yeah. And then you know I had found pot it and um we did that guest connection pretty much a, like a week after um I had connected with you on that. And immediately I was starting to connect with other people on there and find shows and, um, and, you know, apply to be a guest. And then, um, I had that, you know, uh, epiphany, I guess, saying you should just do a show. You, you should, Mm -hmm. you've now been on a couple shows. You can, you see how people are talking and sharing stories and sharing content. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's no reason you can't do that. So fortunately, pot it was that way that was like, um, that really said you can do this and it's really easy for you to do that yeah if if, if it was the other way around where you guys ha- I just happened to not have found you i don't think you and i would be having this conversation right now for sure because yeah. i would have been like this isn't worth it it's way too much work to try to mm-hmm. even get something like this started Um, You
1: you touched on something there, Carl, too, that I think is uh, maybe underutilized is when people are thinking about being on their own show. I mean, of course, as a guest, it's worthwhile for you to be on shows and to get out there and get people to know about you and or know, like and trust. Right. It's the at least they start to know about you. Um, But also, it's a great way if you're thinking about being on or starting your own show. If you go out and be on a couple of shows as a guest, you learn really quickly without the commitment of it. If it's something you're interested in, if you like being on mic, you start to kind of stick your toe in the water at your leisure. You don't have a commitment of like one show a week or all this kind of stuff, right? If you want to try it a couple of times and then you're like, "Eh," and then you come back to it again later and you can try it. Like it's very, flexible and you can still have your voice out there in the world and maybe like you then you go hmm there's something to this Mm -hmm. maybe I do want to start my own show and you've already had to learn about microphone you've already had to learn and you know and so you can start that process without the
0: full commitment of it you know absolutely and and like uh the point I also wanted to touch on too is like you guys are a free platform for 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 most people that you know that just want to get out there and try something which makes it so nice to, you know, you find out "Mm," you do a couple episodes or something and you find it is too much work or you don't like it. And boom, you don't have that then commitment, like on a ton of other platforms that are only pay to pay to play basically. Right. Right. Um, and the fact is if, if people really get into it and really like it, then yeah, upgrade to the paid plan and get those additional features to just continue growth. And, and I, I mean, I'm gonna be upgrading here after I launched my first episode because i'm I feel like that there's a good opportunity for me to really have something that's completely unique and different mm-hmm. in regards to a podcast show I mean, um, when we had talked on our guest connection, you had said I didn't even know there's such thing as a professional miniature golfer right yeah, I didn't and, and you know that's the kind of thing people can talk about whatever they really want to talk about and create a show on basically anything and you know they can go to pot it and just check out all the great, you know, active people, because obviously there's some commitment to being on that platform because you had to Mm -hmm. sign up and you had to, to get out there and and put your, you know, um, description on your show and and all of that. So there's definitely people that are out there doing it now. So pot, it's a great place to, uh, to connect with those people. And the fact that you can start for free to just give a little, you know, taste of it and, Find out. hey, if you really like it, then boom, you're you're on the platform that's definitely going places and moving forward.
1: Yeah, and and conjunction with that, if you want to be in the Facebook group, you can always do that too. Oh, and I say true. that because we're open, or you can contact me directly. Like you said, what's cool is it's early enough to where the feedback does matter. Um, not that it never, not that it would never in the future, but for right now, we're evolving everything, and so we're taking in all that feedback. And so it's not a guarantee, but I absolutely we've seen. Um, features come from or tweaks or differences come from right from you guys. So you get in there, you're like, well, that's interesting, but I wonder if it could do this. Yeah, hit us with it. And you never know, it might
0: show up on the platform, which is really cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's, it's very rare to see something like that even happen for a lot of different things that people are interested in because most of the time they've already had that finalized iteration of the, the product and they're not open to feedback anymore. They'll, they'll be like, oh yeah, sure. We'll take that into consideration. But then you never see anything come of it, or you do two years later, or whatever. And now the person that initially provided that feedback is no longer using it because <laughs> right. they see that or whatever. But the right. fact that you guys actually listen and um, you know take it into consideration, and you keep diving deeper into that, so you find the whatever someone had said is or for a feature idea, you say, "Well, dive into this deeper," and mm-hmm. you know keep going with that. And, and it's almost like people are are part of the potted team in regards to the product, really, which is, is a cool thing to see, especially um, with a, a platform like this that I think has so much great potential. Um, we definitely wanted to have you back, Brent, because there's so much more that you can talk about for sure uh, in regards to podcasting, but even other personal aspects of your life and, and projects that you've worked on. Um, but for people listening, what's a great way for people to reach out to you and connect with you?
1: Well, obviously you can go to dot net If you want to check out any of that, um, you can actually still listen to our old show if you want. Um, there hasn't been a new episode in a long time, but (laughs) digital net is available. If you do want to check that out, episode 11 was the one with my son. Um, if anybody's interested, we're not trying to get downloads, but just if you're interested (laughs) and, um, so for me personally, you could do at Brent Bash or, you know, the Facebook group, you can search for Podit, all kinds of ways. And we're totally, like you said, accessible and love having interaction and dialogue, not just around Podit, but also the space and anything I can do. I try to help, you know, with you or anybody else, help them along their journey to whatever path they're trying to go in the, in the space of podcasting or content creation or whatever else, I
0: help however I can, you know? Yeah. Brent's absolutely a great person to connect with on any questions that you have. He always gives great insights on, you know, developing a podcast or, or, or kind of building up a business in regards to that. I've reached out to him several times with a bunch of questions I've had also a bunch of ideas that I've also had with pot it too. And he's, he's taken definitely that feedback and, and worked on that. So I really appreciate that. Um, if you want to check out more about Podit and Brent, you can go and check out his guest profile on uh, parforthecourse.com, and uh, you'll see all the great stuff that he's working on and great ways to connect with him and uh, have a great uh, resource for your podcasting um, opportunities there. So thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thanks for being on the show, Brent. Absolutely. Congrats on the show, Carl. Fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate it. And that's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to check out the guest profiles for each of our guests uploaded on Fridays on the Par for the Course business podcast website. Tune in next week to hear another great episode of Par for the Course with another great guest and me, mister Minigolf. The Par for the Course podcast is a Mr. Mini-Golf production. Music was produced by Donald Alford II.